Episode three. Episode three. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. I already knew the shake was coming. Well, I, knew I didn't know if coming. you were gonna do it or if I was gonna do it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good night, Harlem. We are back. What's up, guys? Did you miss us? I hope you did. It's been a while. We got some. We got some fire to talk about from uh, the past week and a half or so. I'm. I'm feeling real good about today's show. I hope you are. Yeah, well. it's gonna be splendidly well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get right into this. First topic on the dock is LeVar Ball. Um, LeVar Ball has been a polarizing figure for, I want to say, the last three, four months in the sports world. And now he's just trickling. He's, he's, he's trickling into uh, a social space that I didn't expect him to go into. A part of this is he went on the Colin Cowherd show was speaking with Colin Cowherd about not only the shoes, but the parenting and everything in between. And one of the things that happened is he addressed uh, Colin Cowherd's co-host, Christine Leahy, in a way that a lot of people felt like was demeaning the women. Oh. He did. He, he specifically told her to stay in your lane. Mm, 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 mm. Um, now, there's a reason why he said stay in your lane. And I'm not saying it's the right reason. I'm not saying it's is the wrong reason. Is it because she's a woman? Talking um, about sports, which is a, a male-regulated uh, industry? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Oh, okay. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not even going to try to answer that. Okay. I can't. Okay. However, um, on a previous shows that Christine had been on, specifically Speak Yourself and Colin's show, Christine had went out of her way to say things about uh, how LeVar's kids are potentially afraid of their father and are only doing, or should I say playing basketball, because that's what he wants them to be doing. Almost like the Iron Fist dad, uh, similar to Joe Jackson or, I don't know, Venus and Serena's father. Uh, somebody who would force you to do something that you may not like doing. And I'm not saying that Venus and Serena's father did that, but definitely people put that on Joe Jackson a lot. So, um, that was probably a reaction to that. And from everything that we know, for every action, there is a reaction. Which kind of leads me to the first thing that we really want to cover with this is what is equal treatment when it comes to slander? I mean, should a woman be slandered differently because of her gender? I don't know. Because to me, this is, this is really what this comes down to. I'm, I'm wondering, are people more mad at what he said to her or the fact that he just didn't even he just disregarded her as a whole? I so, think it's a piece of both. So my thing is like, okay, anyone can look at the, look at this situation and be like, well, if she was a man and he said stay in your lane, then it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, but maybe yeah, probably maybe not. the slander that he says to this person would be different because he is a man. He probably wouldn't say something like stay in your lane. He'd probably just be like, shut the heck up. I'm not talking to you. This and this and that. I, don't, I can't knows? speak on that. I, yeah, I, doubt, I doubt it would be that much different. Well, the I lane doubt. that he was telling her to stay in was similar similar to what Charlemagne was saying. And the fact that he she sits behind him. Oh, come on. So he was saying, stay in your lane behind me as I am no. <laughs> doing this interview. You are sitting behind me. I got to turn around and talk to you. Stay over there. <laughs> There's a reason why you sit there, Christine. I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to say. I don't even think he was thinking about it that deeply. I think he was just reacting. He's good at just reacting. I don't think he thinks that deeply about 
how what he says is going to affect anybody. But that's a problem. That is all. That was all. That's always going to be a problem. That's that, our that is our who he is. our yeah. president doesn't think about what he says and how that would affect mm-hmm. people. So, but Levar Ball is not trying to be our president. No, but my point is, at the point that we have somebody in the highest office that does that, I mean, naturally. Well, if they let Trump do it, then let Levar do it. Shit. Boop. Levar <laughs> <laughs> Ball doesn't have any effect over your livelihood, whereas Trump, on the other hand, has every ounce of power he could possibly have. But when we talk about this stuff, I brought up the question of, like, what is equal treatment when it comes to slander? Is there a such thing? Like, should we be treating slander equal across the board? Uh, is there a difference in a way we should treat, you know, women when they're being slandered versus men? Like, is there a difference? I mean, okay, on one hand, people are saying, all right, well, you shouldn't have said what you said to Christine because now you're making it seem like you're sexist. And she even brought it up like, oh, you disrespect women as a whole. This is what she said to that me. Is, that's true. She didn't say that. Yeah. And he was like, well, I have a wife. Um, I, I'm, I'm good on my end. There's no way you can say I disrespect women as a whole because I'm treating you in a certain way because you treated me in a certain way. or You spoke on me in a certain way. So, you know, on one hand, you have those people who are probably saying, okay, he's being sexist and he's treating her this way because she's a woman commentator in a male-dominated industry. But on the flip side, it's almost like, well, he stands up for himself in every single case. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, black, white, fat. He'll come. He'll come Skinny. back. He'll, he'll he come back. He will come for you. Yeah, that's true. In the most pettiest way possible. Right. So whether it's with uh, Whitlock and calling him saying that he only knows about snacks and that's all he could talk about, or telling Christine to stay in her lane, he was affected by the words that she said about him and how he he conducts his family, and making it seem like his kids were scared of him. And you know, you look at these interviews with. Um, um, sorry, Lonzo Ball and I don't get that sentiment from him I don't get the sentiment of oh he is scared or oh he can't speak for himself like he is a very subdued nonchalant person to begin with so now you're comparing who he who Lonzo Ball is as a person naturally he's just a nonchalant person he doesn't react like his father to his father who overreacts sometimes to things and now you're making it seem like Lonzo's scared of his dad I don't get that at all and I think that she pulled that out of thin air personally I think I think when it comes to slander uh, equal treatment would be great but that's not the that's not the society we live in it's well it's hard not. to figure out what equal treatment is when you have a man I, respond, responding to what a woman said about him because at the end of the day someone's always going to say well he shouldn't have said this because he's a man. Well, he's, he's, he's definitely on the defense because she's commenting on his children right. being afraid of him. So, in a way, she's commenting on his parenting. A lot of people have commented on his parenting skills and how he's doing it. And they've tried to give their own critiques about this stuff. Which I always find to be a little bit insensitive. To just be blatantly honest. Mm-hmm. However, he also, on the flip side, has commented on other people's parenting skills i.e. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Him saying, how are LeBron James's sons ever going to be as great as him when he doesn't spend enough time with them, etc. I mean, so at the end of the day, he's just as hypocritical for that. However, something that, something that I would say is when it does come to slander, you cannot, and I don't know how else to say this, you cannot say certain things to women that you could say to men and get away with it. I agree. That's just I agree. the truth. 
agree you, with that. It doesn't matter what the thing is. That you you have to expect a certain level of pushback. Stay in your lane by many women, specific, specifically in the workspace, can be considered um, you trying to not only compress them, but suppress them from being who they were, as if this was the 60s. And I don't think that that's right. Now, I've already stated numerous amounts of times, I think it's wrong for him to have said, stay in your lane. But understanding where he was coming from with it, I, I see both sides of it. I'm still not saying he's right, but I see both sides of it. I, I, I see both sides to it, too. The, the thing about it that kind of gets me is the fact that it's like, okay, we're looking at this like, okay, he should have never said stay, stay in your lane to a woman because Period. it's making it seem like Period. what she does, based off of who she is, what she does is she'll never amount to the same as someone else. Who is, uh, you know, who works in the same industry as her? That's a man, you know. It's almost like saying that she's less than in a way, and so there's that. But there's also the way that she kind of responded to things, and I think she kind of, Oof. she kind Oof. of, ex- she exaggerated the situation. A mile. She exaggerated. She exaggerated the situation. Situ- I can't even talk. Jeez, Louise. She exaggerated the situation <laughs> by basically saying. She exaggerated the situation by saying, "Are you threatening me?" Right, because he he's responded. like, she, she, you're going to get what's coming to you, you know, if you say something about me. And he, I didn't even take it in a way of, oh my gosh, he's about to get the goons from Compton to come and run up on her. I didn't even take it as he's going to do something physical to her. Something's going to happen to her that he, that he started in retaliation. I never took it that way. If anything, all he was saying was, you come for me, I will come for you. So don't think that just because you're a woman, I will not defend myself after you saying something personal but to me about my family. The problem is he doesn't articulate himself that well. That's he exactly does not know how to the do problem. That. But because of that, she, being Christine Leahy, if if you work in sports, you know you already know how how uh, Levar Ball is as a person. You already mm-hmm. know that he does not articulate things. In a way that's like cohesive and understandable, and oh, I totally get what you're saying. And, but but let and me expression. ask you. But let me ask you. If somebody does say one of those two things to you at work, how do you feel? First, let's one start with stay in your things. lane. The first thing is stay in your lane. How would you feel if at work somebody was to telling you to, to tell you, hey, stay in your lane? Well, in my own situation, if we're gonna make it personal, I wouldn't necessarily take it as is it because I'm a woman. I would take it as, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because of my position? Or is it because I'm black? But would you be so, offended is my question. Of course I'd be offended. Okay, so it's but fair if someone that she's told offended me that, If that. someone told me stay in your lane after I said something nasty about them, I would be like, I know where this is coming from. It's not like this is just coming out of nowhere. That's fair. This is coming from a place of you being upset about what I said. And so you want to hit me in the jugular. You know, you you want to push my button in okay. a certain way. So... At least it came from a place. It's not like so. Then, just if, out a, if, if a man at work says to you, "You're gonna get what's coming to you," how would you take that? Is that exactly what he said to her? Because yeah. the context of it was he was I saying, context, "If you're gonna say this about me, then yeah, you're gonna." No, but what he said though was, "You're gonna get what's coming to you." I don't know. I, I mean, some some can look at the situation as, you know, she's playing this damsel in distress I'm asking role. specifically, how would you take that? If you were at work, you heard somebody say that in retaliation yeah, to something that you would it, say. I would think of it as a threat, but 
again, it's like for the context purposes of what we're talking about, I initiated something that turned into something else. So now it's going to be like, all right, so what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? So in both cases, though, you can actually empathize and you can understand why she would have, one, been offended and two, felt like it was a threat. In the way that LeVar was saying, I don't think he said his exact words where you're going to get what's coming to you. I think he said something else. But the way that he said it did not make me feel like he was going to do something. Definitely said that. The way that the way that it played. All I'm going to say is the way that it played out. I never looked at it like, oh, he's threatening her until she said, oh, are you threatening me? That's all I can say about that. Now, I will admit, I also didn't internalize that as him threatening her. But I did internalize that as him saying something's going to come back to you. And by saying something's going to come back to you, I don't know where he goes with that. Maybe that is a retort in the way that she's giving him retorts in terms of words. But I don't know. I mean, All I'm going to say your, to that your is example. It, it gets, it's, it's dangerous what she's done by using the term threat. Because the minute you bring up threat, it's very much in line with how things have happened in the past. Yeah. And a lot of people have already covered this angle, but it's the truth. These are those things that make me cringe. And it makes me feel as if you're saying something that people have gotten killed over in the past. Black, Specifically, black men black have men. always been seen as a threat. You are a threat if you walk outside your house and breathe air. So now you right. have now you have a, a woman who's not black, who is Caucasian. And yes, a male-dominated industry where she's had to fight for her own to get to the position where she is. And now that's very rare for a woman to have. And you're going to say, are you just bringing up the word threat? I don't think she, and if she understands this, that's even worse. I don't think she can even think about the magnitude that that, the weight that that word has in conjunction with with black man with a black man no i don't think she can but she's also dating a black man too who can pass the brown paper back test oh get out of here <laughs> that that has nothing Her to do with boyfriend is lighter than me that's all i'm gonna say okay very well. um and that's fact that doesn't so. change anything it now. doesn't change anything but, but I, would love, I didn't know what he was but i, I would know. love i would love to hear that conversation between them two when they're at home and oh if, yeah did he check if, her and put her in her place like you can't be saying this because with the with the climate of what our country has gone through when it comes to uh police br- brutalization and everything like that that is not a word you could just throw around right you know um but i do, didn't like i didn't like the way that she responded to that and in your example of a coworker coming up to me and, and threatening me or, or me and the coworker having the same conversation is not necessarily the same as what they're doing because they don't work together yes he is in her space and they're interviewing but lavar is going to go off and do his thing she's going to go off and have her job so whatever threat or anything that she felt would have not been as direct as if a coworker was saying it to me and they could have some pull or have some sort of hierarchy or, or something where something could be done you the, know? these things all come back to one thing for me a, a, a part of this people are angry with the way that he's handling his children and they think that there's a proper way to raise the, the, a child than what he's and doing christine has think, no kids no she doesn't but they think that there is a proper way to raise a child and not abuse or use their celebrity to gain your own celebrity or to monetize off of it mm-hmm. the problem with people saying these things is one, they don't have a basis to compare this to. Mm-hmm. And the basis is that they do have to compare these things to literally are mostly minority parents other than Kim Kardashian. 
because well I armenians are, are technically are minorities, minorities right? let me take that back <laughs> <laughs> but but uh serena williams and venus williams father uh tiger woods's father mm-hmm. uh, those are examples of minority men who were very boisterous that were pushing the envelope and almost felt like they were anarchists in the way that they were going about things, just obliterating the way that you're supposed to talk about athletes uh, in, in, in how you're supposed to approach all these things. Ser- Serena and Venus's dad said, I have the two best players in tennis I'm- at like ages 14, 15. So by the time they were adults, look at where they are it, now. And it manifested. Look at where they are. He looks now. crazy when he's saying it before, but now people are like, "Wow!" Twenty like, plus years later, I'm glad you brought them up because when I saw, just in watching Levar Ball, he, he reminds me of their dad. I just remember watching Venus and Serena first starting out in tennis, and you know they're a couple years older than us or whatever. And this one particular interview where Venus was 13 or 14. And the interviewer is asking her, can you beat whatever girl that she was going to compete against? And she said, yeah, I'll beat her. I'll win. And she said it with such conviction the very first time that the interviewer went back and said, like, you say that with such so much confidence. Like, what what makes you say this? And and (laughs) her dad had to interject the interviewer and say, look, this is not what we're going to do. She said what she said. And she's a 14-year-old girl. Let her live in, in, in her being her and knowing that, that what she said is what she felt. Right. Like, do not question her confidence. And I think that that ties into this whole LeVar Ball situation where, yes, he is making a spectacle out of this whole family situation by being who he is as a person, of course. Right. But the fact that people have an issue with the way that he's raising his kids like okay one of the things that christine Leahy said which got under his skin was the fact that she i I remember hearing her say like i never heard of something like i never heard of all three kids playing the same sport like who does that like clearly he's forcing his kids to play this sport and it's just like look at families across the world where they have kids that all play in the same sport or they all go to the same college you went to and, and you're gonna be you're gonna say something about the way that he's parenting his kids and they're successful and they're humble unlike him <laughs> right. and and you know they, they they have no any kind of lindsay lohan-esque situations duis or right. nothing no scandal no nothing and you have an issue with that i think i think a part of it is and like i said i enjoy watching the anarchist myself and by anarchist i mean in this case not only is he uh calling his kids the best at what they do in terms of sport and they've not even made it to the pro level yet but the best part of what what he's doing is entrepreneurship he is trying amazing the doors that he's opening up on his own right who has done that? So there's two things that he's done with this. One, his son would have not, in my opinion, been considered and be as much a household name if his dad doesn't if it wasn't come. For him. Right. If his dad doesn't come on the scene as the voice of like a wrestler. His dad comes off to me as a wrestling. He's character. like the hype man. <laughs> Almost. He's the hype man. But he he macho man Randy Savage every interview. He is, oh yeah, brother, my son's amazing. Uh. Like he's doing that whole thing. <laughs> 
And I don't mind any of that. But the anarchist in him is trying to go against those big brands, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. And he's trying to create his own thing. And instead of just partnering with them to get like a sponsorship deal, he literally wants something that's bigger than that. Like, I want you guys to be paying for us up front. I have no problem with any of that. And I don't know who isn't trying to root for the little man. It's weird. And people people don't want to root for you when you are black. Or is it that people don't want to root for you when you're arrogant? They don't want to root for you when you're black. Now, if you're black and arrogant, they definitely are not Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. People hated him. I'm going to say this. I can be a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to this because I actually, I do commend LeVar Ball for the just the the road that he's paving for his sons and for future kids who are black who have nothing else but basketball or whatever sport or whatever they're good at to get them through and be successful in life when i listen to lavar ball there's something that strikes a chord that makes me think kanye right you just say kanye wait wait, listen to me listen to me oh please the the biggest difference between him and Kanye and listen I've listened to every single one of Kanye's interviews he's very very convoluted he's very very much like I think the thing that that reminds me of Kanye is like you know Lavar can say oh I'll beat Michael Jordan it's like well we can't check that now like we can't check <laughs> those facts now you you speaking about something that was like 30 40 years ago like anybody that. can say anything at this point I just like that. Kanye's like Oh, I'm just as good as Walt Disney, this person, and that person who's dead. Like it, he's it, saying, he's this generation's blah. Okay. Right, right, right. And All so, right. but Kanye likes to compare himself to people that have passed away, and saying that I could do this like they did in a way where it's like, all right, well, pick somebody current, like pick somebody where we can actually check these facts. I don't against. mind. I don't mind any of that because all that stuff is aspirational. It's why, aspirational. Why the thing, the thing about Kanye that irks me. As opposed to LeVar Ball. Because one can ask, well, why are you such a LeVar Ball fan? And you're ugh about Kanye. Kanye's very convoluted. LeVar is direct. He's like, this is what I'm going to get done. He has the Malcolm X by any means necessary mentality. Kanye does the same thing. What are you Kanye talking about? Kanye does too. But there's been so many times where Kanye has bitched, moaned, complained, and whined. And I'm not saying that he wasn't in, in the right for doing so. About why things fell off with Nike and why he's with Adidas and why he needs an already established brand behind him in order for him to do the things that he wants to do. LeVar's like, look, we don't have nobody behind us but ourselves. Let's do the damn thing. They'll they'll catch up when they catch up. No, we're about to go from here no, to No, he's doing the same thing Kanye's doing. He's asking he for the has, partnership. He already has but he's already asking he, he was asking for the partnership before and they turned him down and because they all they delivered. only offered this man two million dollars. Only. I'm saying two million dollars, like I got it. I know. But but they offered they offered he his son his two million dollars per year. Um, no, what I'm saying is and, and someone could but say, well, do, what's his word? But, he's doing just the, like, but he was doing the same thing as Kanye. Kanye was just simply saying, you have all the distribution partners. You have all these things already set up. Let's make, let's partner together and make the product. And he wants the same it. exact he thing. He wants the same exact thing. But the fact that people it, offered him th- something that he could refuse did not stop him from, 
from producing the product on his own and say, and that in itself is so huge to me because that's saying, look, because Kanye I want y'all, but a different, I don't need y'all. Kanye right has now. a different envisionment than LeVar. LeVar doesn't care if everybody gets his shoe. Kanye cares that everybody has a the opportunity to actually get his product. There's, that's the difference. There's nothing that Kanye that's a huge has difference. done fashion wise that has shown us that what he says about people, him wanting actually. I can't even talk today. There's nothing that Kanye has done to me so far that has shown that everything that he says about him wanting people to have his product and it being, you know, mass supplied and retailed and everything like that is actually happening. People with the Yeezys, with the with the twelve, $1,200 holy sweaters that people, I guess, are buying or not buying. I'm not sure. There's nothing that, that he said that actually falls in line with with what he's doing it's not falling together a part of it is because he still doesn't control that stuff he doesn't have the distributors which is what lavar ball would love to get to so let me give a quick little summation on the lavar ball thing and then we can move off this whole subject so the quick skinny of his whole shoot thing right now lavar has created something that i don't think anybody else has thought about doing with the the shoe line for his son the first thing is it takes up to six months to actually produce a shoe what LeVar did is say, oh, our shoe is going to re be released in November. And that gives him enough time to say, we'll take all the pre-orders we can up front. And that means they only create as many shoes as people as are actually need. willing to purchase. Mm -hmm. That means no loss. Mm -hmm. You get no loss on that. Smart. That is pretty smart. And then in terms of marketing, instead of having the shoe cost the same amount as, say, a regular Nike shoe and etc., he did it at an extreme price. So it's exclusive. It's special. <laughs> Not even just to make well, it exclusive and, and special. The bigger part of it is so people started talking about it. Think about it. Because if the thing was $150, nobody would care. The thing's $495. Now, with him doing that, he got all kinds of news media coverage across the board. And it was polarizing. He got two straight days worth of media coverage from ESPN, CNBC, and a lot of major other affiliates. Literally, that equated to $50 million advertisement that he never had to spend. That's insane. And you know who's mad about that? Who's mad about it? The, the companies that could have gotten that money. <laughs> That's what... This guy is... The, the, they're, not, they're not mad because he's doing things like this with the Christine Leahy thing and tarnishing the brand. It's the truth. I don't, I don't like admitting that, but it's true. It, it's tarnishing the brand to a certain extent, but I do think that... Uh, scandal and, and attention whether it's good press or bad press it's press like by the time the shoes come out he may sell more than he thought that he could originally um i i i think that with this whole situation i i brought up venus's dad to say that you know from the beginning of time and i'm really not trying to make this a racial thing i'm not from the beginning of time black people have been stripped of our culture, of our confidence. We have, there's been so many attempts to strip us down, to bear nothing, to have to assimilate to already, you know, established culture and have to follow suit to that. And still to this day, we have to do that, whether it be at work or anything. That, you know, it, it, the questioning of the confidence of someone when they know that they can excel at something and there's just no nothing. That's what I'm trying to get at is like he is so sure about what he's done and what he can do. This is the thing that gets people. He's so sure about things that have not happened yet. 
And that's what gets people going. Like, well, how do you know? And he's 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 out of his mind. And da 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 da. He's so sure about things that have yet to happen for years. Even going down to uh, his younger son. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Carmelo, but it's his Lamelo, Lamelo, whatever. You know, like he's yeah. already predicting his future. And it like it kind of goes back to that quote: "The only way to predict your future is to create it." And that is exactly what he's doing. And I commend him from that for for that. And the way that he's going about it may not be the best, but my thing is, this is so exciting to watch. We'll see what happens. I'm I can't wait for, to see I'm what happens. This, I'm looking for this to unfold myself. So the other thing that Lavar has said that was a little <sighs> polarizing, to say the least. He talked about Jason Whitlock. Now, I'm not going to get Snacks. into Jason Whitlock. It's a snack. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to get too like, far down the Jason Whitlock. I'm going to say Whitlock that's the only thing I can comment on is snacks, too, because I'm a snack face. I love <laughs> snacks. Little Debbie snack. Give me a J- cereal bar. Jason, so Jalen Whitlock is a sportscaster who is a, a, a bigger black male. And, uh, and by a bigger he's black male. He's not even like that big. He, he's just like. He, he's a little bit of a fat guy. He's not like. So, so LeVar speaks on his weight indirectly. He basically says to him, I don't want to hear anything Whitlock has to say other than his opinion on snacks. Now, it's funny that we graze over that. But we're oh, we're not okay with Christine Leahy being. That is a good point. And so, how come so much attention is being placed on? Oh, he told her to stay in her lane, and there's not enough attention being placed on. Well, he commented on an overweight man's uh, eating choices. Right. That, <laughs> no, no, not now. Getting into this, but part of the reason I want to position this because this leads us to our next segment. I would love to talk to you about weight. I had a conversation with one of my friends, and this is where the conversation went. She feels like this is a question that we should all think about. Are fat people treated worse than minorities? And so one of the things that we had talked about is around 35% of the country is obese. So and I'm really, shocked at that number. I really thought it was higher than that because some of these people in New York probably feel that 35% alone. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that was so insensitive of me. Um, so what? So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so with the, so with that question of like, are fat people treated worse than minorities? A point that was brought up is we don't think about this as just in general when we having conversations until somebody brings the, <laughs> brings it to light. In certain social situations, um, are 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 we overlooking fat people? Are we overlooking their feelings about things? Whether it be uh, them going on a date them shopping or them just doing day-to-day activities are they treated the same way minorities are mistreated a lot of times and one of the things that she had talked about was the way that if she was to go out in public just in general and she's talking to someone like oh you guys are going on a run literally she's had people say to her you sure you can run with us oh god and that (laughs) and it wow and that in itself how is that not a prejudgment? How is that not prejudice? Mm. And I couldn't even say anything because I was like, I mean, I understand the question. I'm not saying it's right. I understand the question, though. You understand the question because in your head, you would probably be thinking the same thing. You Which is not, sad. You I'm going to admit that. You have verbalized it. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's why you understand the question. Because <laughs> you can I, I relate said, to the question because you would have thought the same thing. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> 
That's I would never say that out loud. Right. And that's not something that I would ever project. Um, but I also, I also am somebody that always loves to empathize and love to understand why somebody else feels the way they feel. Um, and in the same scenario, she's also been in a position where she wanted to go and play volleyball with a group of friends on the beach. And it was... She oh. got picked last for the teams. Yeah. What did they do it that way? Yeah. Oh, they don't need to be doing it. No, 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 no. Wow. It takes you all the way back to like fourth grade. And no, and, and and that's her point. Like you're you're basically acting as if I couldn't pro- like produce or I don't have the ability to like, do I can't this. win. Right. And this almost gets into what you were saying about the LeVar Ball thing. I don't even need to speak this into existence. Just let me show. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. We're not even giving that a chance sometimes as a society, which then gets into a a darker space. When we talked about the minority thing, we, we transitioned from minorities to kind of dating and both of these subjects kind of loop together. Um, why don't we empathize more with the fat dating experience? So one of the things that the she, fact that you even said the fat dating experience. I feel like someone's gonna get a little. I'm fine off. with. I'm fine with. Like, oh, experience. why does my experience have to be different, and why does it have to be labeled as such because of X, Y, Z? So, so here's something that she had brought up: uh, a guy telling her that if she lost fifty or sixty or so pounds, maybe they would consider dating her. Wow. Straight up. Wow. Now, can you imagine that? Like seriously. We, that's not something you say out loud. This is like but, you shouldn't be. Yeah, essentially, you should not be thinking that anyway because that's just rude. But you should not say that out loud. But no, but this this goes hand in hand with what she was saying about comparing, you know, fat people as a whole to minorities and the way people think of them. Okay. She basically equated it to a lot of those thoughts that were happening from. The late 1800s to the early 60s around minorities as a whole. Like, you automatically assume, oh, you're probably not going to be good at this. You're black. Like, how do you... I couldn't even say anything. I couldn't even defend myself because I went, you know what? I've done some of these things in the past. I've said things that were inappropriate, even though I didn't realize they were inappropriate. And she highlighted those things. I feel like some of the things that people say could be based off of past experiences as well. What do you mean? So if you have uh, family members that are overweight and they don't like doing said activities or they're not good at said activities, you could be basing your reaction to, to you know, saying something like, oh, oh, you run? Da, 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 because maybe the people in your family don't even like walking to the garage. You know, like, I mean, so... I think the separation of like fat people over here, or overweight people over here, and regular people over here is is it's not such a separated society. We all know someone who's overweight. We all have a family member who's overweight. Right. Maybe we That's have dated true. someone who's overweight. Maybe we've been overweight ourselves. So my thing is, you know, in one way it's like, yes, they, they do get judged because of appearances. You do. Everyone gets judged because of appearances though. Everyone, so, but, but now she may feel like she, there's more attention on her appearance because of because of her weight, but everyone has something, 
And maybe it's not as obvious to her as, it, as her weight is to her, but there's always something, right? But do you feel like there's a certain level of prejudice that's heightened towards somebody who's bigger? Do you think they I get would not more, even know that you, you because I'm I that's not see, my but point. that was but and this was one of the points that she was trying to bring up like nobody empathizes with us they just assume it's something that you have as a problem yourself it's something that you're not doing to make yourself better and, and no one knows why anyone is the weight that they are right it could be due to um your body re reacting like a side effect from medication you right. take could be due to a uh, thyroid could be due to any number of but things we're not besides a just eating bad or whatever. We are not a nuanced culture. No, a lot we are of times not. We, we don't, don't even... think, oh, well, it could be this and it could be that. <laughs> we never think that way. No one would ever look at me and be like, yeah, I would be eating Popeye's biscuits three times a week. She eats two biscuits three times a week. And she, yeah, like no one thinks that. Like, because based off of my genetics, you can't even tell what I ate. And that's just the way it is. But who's to say that she sees a person who's of, I guess, regular weight, if we should call it that, and say that that person wasn't once bigger. You and I have that's friends who, who bike to work and do all kinds of stuff to keep yep. themselves in shape because they used to be fat kids. You yeah. and I know people personally. That's true. So it's kind of like, well, now you're judging someone based off of how they look because you don't even know what their plight is. And so one of the things that she had brought up was around this stat that was something like 68% of men uh, view weight as a deterrent. Mm. And then on top of that, there was uh, more men would rather date a recovering drug addict than a fat woman. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Now, oh, my gosh. Wait, that's a true yeah, yeah. That, statistic? That to me, I struggled with hearing something wow. like that. But then I couldn't even say You're anything like, when she brought drugs? up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I could, what kind of drug though was it molly or was it like cocaine no. i couldn't say anything oh when she brought up multiple instances of just day-to-day -day life and it's not even her life it's some of her friends' lives as well are that her i couldn't bigger as some well? of them are. okay but she brought up her dating profile mm -hmm. and she's like you know you want to you want to be able to sh show your full body and all of that but a lot of the her bigger friends only show their face because they don't want somebody to just judge them right away based on the overall. But it's like meet me, get to know me, let's talk a little bit, blah blah blah. And I don't. And I, I, I it's sad to say this. I could actually understand where she's coming from with this. I understand where she's coming from as well. I just know that based off of things that I've heard, nine times out of ten, that does not work towards that person's favor. I understand because then the but person what? meets them and then it's like, oh, I didn't know. You didn't but you're not even giving me a shot in the first place. So what am I supposed to do if you continually aren't giving me a chance? I totally agree. Who's to say that that person's going to then give you a chance? Because now but who's you to now, say that they're not? But exactly. That's true, too. There's always that flip side. But now there's an extra layer on top of it. It's now. It's, it's Why do like, you feel like I lied to you? Then It's kind of like the whole hatfish thing we talked about. Okay, episode so, so two. I fatfished you. Fat fish. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, <laughs> no, you didn't. I didn't say it. Law said it. I'm sitting here just trying oh, to be on my P's man. and Q's. My P's oh, and Q's. But, no, but but like you said, now there is a level of slight deception. I'm saying slight because it's not like they said that they were a certain size and they weren't. It's more of omitting the truth type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Would so, you would you would you be disappointed if you didn't know how he looked from you know, body down, and you saw his face, but you were, you liked his face. And then you met him, 
and he was a obese, not even fat, but obese. Oh, would you obese? Yeah. Yes, I would be disappointed. Fat is not as wait in the levels of weight. It goes fat then obese. Obese. Right? Remember, obese, obese is, is the 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 twenty percent more than your B. And what's fat? It, <laughs> that's the thing What's fat, that? Could, fat could be even five six pounds over it doesn't okay even... i'm not gonna go off of that little bmi scale because i think it's kind of off based off of what you told me your results are they, they they were lying to you okay and they were being really rude to you about your <laughs> results because i i don't i am you. overweight based on yeah BMI. it didn't I make am. any sense he's 20 oh can i say the number <laughs> go for he's it he's 26 0.7% over his BMI range, which is <laughs> stupid as hell because Lost in here with his steps out. He got all his seppage out. Anyway. He goes to the gym, he pumps iron, all that shit. So I just don't trust that little range. But I'm not going to go off of that technical definition. I'm going to say that fat is one thing and obese is the higher scale of that, a way higher scale of that. So, yes, I would feel a certain type of way because. I would feel like, okay, first you try to hide it from me. Okay. You did. Okay. You purposely put up pictures that were from the neck or... But it's because you're already judging. Well, I, now I'm really going to judge you. Okay. Now I'm really going to judge you because now okay. I'm going to... No, and I know it sounds harsh, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to give the date a chance, but I'm in the back of my you mind... You just said, admitted that you wouldn't. You just admitted you're, you're basically I'm not going to give, I would give the, I would go through the date is what I'm saying. I would not leave... Okay, I would sit through enough. the day, but in the back of my mind, I'm going to be feeling like, man, okay, I, I feel like you kind of lured me into this yeah. as the only way of me coming here. And like I told you in episode two, I like to know what I'm working with ahead of time. I swipe left to guys that have hats on. What makes you think that I'm going to now give you a chance after you've already lured me into this because of how you feel about how I'm going to perceive you? And now I'm perceiving you a little bit worse now. You now Fair you're enough. now you're starting off with negative twenty points. So it, uh, instead of starting off at zero like everyone, you're starting off with a negative because now I'm like oh, okay I didn't know, and now I'm now I'm gonna have to get to the nitty gritty of why it happened this way, and now I'm gonna have to get over that and still find some sort of connection. Like now there's a, an, an extra hurdle to get over is what I'm saying. I'm gonna admit I understand where you're coming from. And I think it would be, I would, I would be lying if I said weight wouldn't at all be an issue for me. I would be lying. But I don't care about weight as much as I do face. You know that about me. I'm a face guy at the end of the day. You got to have a beautiful face or I probably just wouldn't think twice. That's just me. There is my shallowism. Mm. But, however, however, um, I'm, I'm still not the guy that. Is I'm not dumb to the reality of how society works. Because my thought is, when it comes down to... And I said this to my friend, and this is what she was offended about. And I, I appreciated her... This is how this whole topic started in the first place. The one comment I made that she really jumped on... She was talking about being interested in dating this guy. And the guy is as fit as a trainer. He is muscled that way. He, he's as fit yeah, as a trainer. We know how those trainers are. If you're not and on the level... I won't even consider you. You got to at least work out like three times a week or something. And, and she's she's been losing weight steadily. Mm -hmm. And 
So she's, she's already she's getting, she has she's her getting, own fitness regimen. She's getting going on. right. Yeah. She's getting she her body works out more than someone who doesn't have to work out. Right. So she's say. getting her yeah. body to a space where she's more comfortable yeah. with it. Not society, that's but where she's more comfortable. I just want to say I commend you for that because that's a lot of hard work. And so she's like, I don't understand why he's not like asked for my number or anything. And she's just like, you know, I've even kind of given him like the you know the stare, the look, and the you know how are you? And I do that every single time I see him. And she was like, you know, what's your thoughts? And I said my thoughts and it was offensive. I basically said, well, I feel like a lot of the guys who are in that space expect to be dating mm-hmm. someone in a similar space to them. Not true. saying all the time, but most of the that's time. That's what they prefer. Yeah, they would prefer yeah. somebody that's just as on the same level as fitness as them. Like you could you could be you could be a, re- a regular standard weight and not work out and they still won't even be attracted to you because you don't right. Have to work out right yeah so that was super offensive to her because she's basically like saying you're saying that I'm not good enough and that's not where I was trying to go with it but I can understand why she felt and th- there goes again me projecting based on societal BS. That's me projecting. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I also want to bring up the point of, I think that when someone has a certain insecurity, whether it be their weight or anything else, if someone does not like them the way that they like them, they automatically think it's because of that insecurity that they have. So maybe in her case, she's thinking he's not attracted to me because of my weight. And it could just be he's not attracted to you just because he's not attracted to you or maybe he's dealing with someone or maybe it's xyz things going on maybe he just broke up with his girlfriend it could be so many things but what happens with us as people is we think people see the insecurities that we see that's true and we think that if they don't like us it's because of that thing that is so prevalent in our minds like oh my gosh it's because of this and they're judging me because of this because we're already judging ourselves because of that So now we're thinking that someone else outside of us is doing the same thing. And that may not even be the case. I can say, you know, my whole plight, I don't have a weight plight, but I have a skin plight. And my skin has not always been in its top peak form. I've dealt with, you know, like adult acne and everything like that. And that's even embarrassing to say, like, I don't have it as bad as I used to, but it was always an insecurity of mine. And mind you, she's not comparing... Being fat. Yes. Let's please put that out there that I'm not saying. (laughs) Disclaimer. Yes. Let's put that out there. All I'm saying is that you're talking about faces. They Mm got to have a pretty face. So it doesn't even matter what their weight is. No. Which means that someone like me, who maybe three years ago had a really bad face. And I'm saying bad in my own standard of what I think bad acne is. It may not even be that bad. But for me, it's bad because I'm insecure. And now I feel like I can't show my best face. And now I feel like people see the insecurity within me. And so the way that I come off and the way that they come off back to me is based all around this thing that I'm insecure about. You know, we like to put the attention on what we put attention on. And we think that other people are putting the attention on the same thing when there could be a multitude of other factors why they don't respond to us in the way that we want them to this segue to the last segment i'm so glad you just said that oh what i say (laughs) oh oh, yeah oh yeah so now we're gonna get into the dating do's and can i can i just yeah don't that can (laughs) i just put something out there before we move on to this Uh i I don't want to say that i'm not attracted to anyone who's bigger i I definitely don't want to put that out there because i there have been times where i have been my thing is, I just like to know what I'm working with 
off bad. That's it. And if there's any, if, if, if a guy I was dating told me eight months later that he was a stripper and I had no clue because he didn't want me to judge him, I would be like, all right, you deceive me now. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm already looking at you like, oh, we're about to deduct these points right now. So any sort of deception from bat, I already don't trust you as much. And our foundation is not going to be solid. And I'm just not going to be in for that long haul. So moving on to don't. (laughs) Right. don't. No. So um, (laughs) we we created this final segment called the the dating do's and don'ts. And essentially what these are going to be about, it's going to be Avia giving her quick tip to men. And nothing quick. Nay, nothing me, quick about me what giving I do. My quick Ain't nothing quick. To women on the one do or one don't. We're going to do this at the end of every episode. So, I, I, you want to start this? Yeah, let's start with the don'ts, right? Let's start with the don'ts. I'll do my don't. You want to do your don't after that? I could do that. Okay. My don't, God, I hate this. And I've dealt with this like a couple times in the past two months. I hate boring ass texters. I hate people where they seem like they're trying to spark up a conversation with you through text. And then you tell them about your day and they're like, oh, cool. I'm like, really? Okay, so what? What are? what is this conversation for? Like, where is this going? Is this going to you asking me out again? Is this going to something else? Because your conversation game through text is lame. Okay, you so, might as well have not texted me the two words you texted me at all. So and one, I would have been fine with that. So one to three word answers isn't okay. And then don't just throw something out there where it's open-ended, where you don't get a real response as to the next step. That's My that thing is, like. if I'm going to engage with you through text and I'm going to reciprocate the questions that you ask me, don't respond like you're not interested when you're the one who started the conversation in the first place. Like, don't ask me how my day is. I'm telling you, oh, this and this and this. How's your day? What are you up to? It was cool. Just sitting at home. Oh, okay. Where do I go from that? Oh, <laughs> uh, what show are you watching? Like, I, where do I go from that? Like, it's just like, you're not giving me anything. So don't come into my phone and waste my time and dip out. I'm going to be like, this conversation could have easily not been had. I hate when people just don't know how to converse through text. If they're going to initiate the conversation, just... If you're going to initiate, have a conversation. True. Don't waste my time with these little two-word responses. It irks the hell out of me. And especially don't waste my time when each word has a different text. you sending me three texts in this one sentence. I am cool. Each one is a separate text. Don't be wasting all my unlimited texts like that. <laughs> I don't understand why people do that. It irks the hell out of me. Uh, ah, I just want to shake my phone, throw it out the window. Anyways, that's my don't. Uh, that was a good don't. Uh, <laughs> my don't. Ladies, I just want to have a quick conversation with y'all. Just, just understand there's several things that I want to bring up. But this first one I'm going to bring up is just it's crucial for all of y'all to know. Um, first things first. On a first date, whatever you do, just make sure occasionally, occasionally, you reciprocate in conversation. Mm. Don't be the girl that is on your phone multiple times over during the date. Mm. Don't Mm -hmm. be that person. 
I know you want to Snapchat, Instagram, whatever is happening on a date. I know you want to communicate with your friends, your next steps. But for that one hour or hour and a half, put down your phone. Just give him your attention. Nobody's asking for much more than that. Because the whole point of you being on a date is to get to know that person. That and is to just so put down, yeah, these girls Just put down your phone. phone. You wanted the free meal, now work for it. <laughs> <laughs> put down your phone, man. The put least you can do phone. for an appetizer and some drinks. I mean, shit. <laughs> All right, what's, what's your dues? What's okay, your dues speaking for of dates, the dues for guys. If you ask me out, please have something in mind. Like, please think of something. Oh, yeah. Please think of something that we're Any going suggestions? to do. Any suggestions? You can't just say this. Give please us some suggestions. Please don't ask me what I had in mind because I didn't have nothing in mind because <laughs> I wasn't asking you out. You were asking me out, which means that before I even knew that, you had me in mind to a certain capacity, which means you had time to think of where you may want to take me, where you may want to get to know me better, where, what, what are we doing, how, why, and what. Like... I don't understand how guys will go through hoops to get your number just to ask you, so yeah, you free, da 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 Oh, what'd you have in mind? What? What did I have in mind? You wouldn't practice. <laughs> you wouldn't have even had my number had you not asked me. So I didn't have nothing in mind. <laughs> Believe that. Maybe the second or third date where actually I've, I've actually gotten to know you. And I'm like, okay, you're legit. I could see myself hanging out with you more and getting to know you more. Maybe I'd be like, wow, I know this about you. We could do this. Whatever the case, I'm not saying you have to drive the car all the time. All I'm saying is that initially, if you are initiating anything, please like think of something is not that hard. Once you start asking a girl what she has in mind for the date that you initiated, it, you already lost points, bruh already because now she's like oh now i gotta think about something i didn't even think we were going to exchange but numbers. what if the guy gives a suggestion and you're like that's too far away like maybe she lives uptown but doesn't want to go downtown if she doesn't because not now i think that's fair game for a guy to go well do you have any suggestions i think it's fair game for a guy to ask if i have suggestions if i am being difficult thank you i just want to make sure we if, clarify if, that. if he's like i'm gonna take you to the steakhouse i'm like, oh but i'm vegan all right so how about we do this i don't like rock climbing how about we do this i don't like this how about we go run in the park i don't like parks like, good good I'm glad at we... that point yes please okay. girl you don't like anything you don't even like living what do you want to do <laughs> what do you what did you have in mind that's when you can ask that question okay. but i'm never gonna be that person Okay. I'm pretty easy. All right. My turn? Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Ladies, the do of the day. Um, in group settings, I know you guys love to go out in New York City specifically and have all kinds of group chats, group everything. Y'all love doing everything in groups. The one thing I will say is if y'all are at a club, a lounge, or any kind of function in groups, Figure out a way to break away from your group for 10-minute increments. So that love that is, come holla. Not even just me. <laughs> I'm just saying split off away from the group. Make yourself available if you are single. I don't care if you have to go to the bathroom by yourself. Go get a drink by yourself. Go do something Wait, where you, somebody can say, okay, I have an opportunity to go approach you. You are the person that said that guys have more success 
uh, chatting up a girl when she's kind of broken away from her group. Right? A little bit, yep. Okay. Yep. So is that the re- that's the reason why you're saying, please break away so I have the chance and the opportunity it's to do what I need It's for all guys. This is an easy do. And even if you guys are all at the bar at the same time, you don't all have to be in a circle. A circle means I have to break through the mm. circle. That's not mm. smart. That's not, that's smart. not smart. That's Maybe not smart that's for any of you. Maybe now, if you want to do that, not, wait, wait. And if you want to do that, <laughs> just note, ladies, that that's essentially a barricade. And you're telling the guys, stay off me. Don't come talk to me. Red and Rover, even, Red Rover, send law right over. Break through. <laughs> and, and that is my advice for all of you. That's, and, that's really good advice. And I think that, ladies, you know, I, I agree with law on this, like, if you go to the bathroom, you don't always need your partner in crime to go to the bathroom with you now, unless you're talking about something that you can't talk about in the group, whatever. But try and just break away, walk around a little bit by yourself, say, oh, I'm going to be at the bar right quick. I'm going to do this. Find an excuse. And if you feel like your friends are your security blanket, then you need to work on it. Yeah. And I'll leave you with this. Groups of twos are due. We will approach you in groups of twos, but anything more than that. It is probably not really going to be something where a lot of guys are comfortable going into like a four set, five set, any mm. of that. I'm being Offset. honest. Offset. Right. <laughs> woo, woo. Anyway, that is our show for the day. Um, the music is playing. I know oh, y'all hear it. Is it playing now? It's playing right now. <laughs> I'm probably off on that. I don't hear the music, y'all. We add it later. I just want to uh, tell y'all thanks again for listening. Hit us up through email if you have any questions, comments, concerns. You want to send us letters and we give you advice or something. Uh, goodnightharlem at gmail.com. Hit us up through uh, Instagram, goodnightharlem. Twitter, goodnightharlem. Goodnight, Harlem. Good night. Harlem. Good night.